My first summer job when I graduated from university was looking after a small property for one of my professors and her partner while they were away in the UK. It was about an hour outside of Halifax, a house, three cats, two dogs, a garden, and chickens. One of the neighbors had a rooster, and the neighbor's fence wasn't in good repair. So, the rooster came a-courting, as roosters are wont to do. Problem was, he was a bantam. The hens were regular full-sized hens, bigger than the rooster. So try as he might, the rooster just couldn't make things work. Now, a frustrated rooster is an angry rooster. An angry rooster is a dangerous rooster. And that's one thing I learned that summer about roosters. And I learned more while I was in India, because except for one night when I was in the heart of Calcutta, except for that night, everywhere I stayed, there was at least one rooster within earshot. I stayed in four different cities, roosters. At a Christian college, rooster on campus. At a seminary, rooster next door. A church residence, rooster across the fence. At a forestry station, rooster in the bushes. There are chickens everywhere in India, and enough roosters to maintain the population. So roosters crow whenever they feel like crowing, not just at sunrise. They'll crow at sunset, too. Or if they wake up in the middle of the night, maybe after a bad dream, and they crow when they're bored, just to see if anybody will answer. And roosters can adapt to human schedules, too. In the northeastern state of Nagaland, people tend to get up early, really early, before the sun. So Naga roosters crow when it's time for everybody to get up, about 4.15 a.m. So I'll be happy if I don't have to hear another rooster for a very long time. Now, Peter, Peter probably knows about roosters and their habits, growing up where he did and when. And if a day goes by without hearing a rooster crow, Peter probably notices the absence. But this day, this night, he would have preferred to hear any other wake-up call, a familiar voice, a songbird, a bell. But he hears a rooster, just doing what roosters are wont to do. Peter hears voices, his own. Lord, where are you going? He hears Jesus. Where I'm going, you can't follow me now. You will in time. Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Will you, Peter? Really? Before cock crow tomorrow, you'll deny me three times. So Peter stands outwardly silent, his soul vibrating with sounds, words. You can't follow. Three times. Deny, deny, deny. I am not. I am not. I am not his disciple. And the rooster crows. So how does Jesus know that will happen? Does Jesus have a, 
a special relationship with the roosters of Jerusalem? Or maybe it's a lucky guess. Or more likely, it's a familiar saying, understood by people who know about roosters, which Jesus no doubt does, growing up where he did and when. Before the rooster crows, before this night is over, before you know what's happening, or maybe there's a little more to it. This is John telling the story. After all, there's always more. Roosters, we know, don't just announce the dawn. Maybe this time, the rooster marks the passage of time into deepening darkness. There will be no light for Peter and his friends between Thursday's dusk and Sunday's dawn. And how does Jesus know Peter will deny him? Jesus knows Peter well, better than Peter knows himself. That's clear. Jesus also loves Peter, trusts Peter, no matter how frustrating and provoking Peter can be. That's clear, too. When Jesus says, before cock crow tomorrow, you'll deny me three times, I don't hear anger. I don't hear a rebuke. I hear love. Jesus knows what's coming, how quickly things will move toward an inevitable ending. Jesus knows what Peter doesn't know and could never imagine or even begin to understand while it's happening. When Peter grasps some of it, when he sees and hears what is going on at the priest's house, it's too much. He's standing on the edge looking into darkness. So of course, of course he denies knowing Jesus. That's what human beings do. We'll say anything, we'll do anything to save ourselves when we feel the darkness tugging us down. So Peter's first instinct is to run after Jesus, to dare to look into the darkness to see what's happening. But where are the other disciples? Soon we'll find out they're hiding. And Peter will be with them before the cock can decide to crow again. I don't think Jesus would have it any other way. Peter can't go all the way with him, not now. The burden Jesus bears, only Jesus can bear. But it's so easy to say it. I die before I do that. I, lay I will lay down my life for you. I'll be with you no matter what. You can count on me. It's so easy to say. Last week, President Trump said he would run into a building where there was an active shooter, whether he had a gun or not. He's pretty sure he said he would. Because it's so easy to say. The sheriff's deputy, who didn't go inside when he was on duty outside that school in Parkland, Florida, he'll have to live with that decision, even if it what is what he was trained to do, if he had much training at all. Or maybe he was just afraid. As many days as he guarded that school, he could never have imagined how he might react 
if the thing he couldn't imagine ever happening actually happened. Now, we think faith and doubt are enemies. They're not. They're more connected than we realize. In the Bible, as Jesus sees it, the enemy of faith is fear. Now, not holy fear, not healthy fear, not our phobias. It's not fear of. It's fear for. Fear for the lives of those we love. Fear for our own lives. It's believing the lies that are all around us, whether they come from the world outside or inside, the lies that say, I am never safe in this world and I can't trust anyone in this world. Fear is powerful. And yes, sometimes it wins. And when it does, when everything we can see and know tells us faith is gone and we've lost it and we believe God has let us go, and worse, I have sat with so many people over the years, and I think any pastor can say this, sat with people who torment themselves for losing faith, for not having enough faith. They believe they've failed and failed God and betrayed God. But even in that mistaken belief, there are seeds of a new, deeper relationship with God. Just not yet. A woman tells me she's afraid she's lost. Try as she might, she can't pray. She asked me to pray for her. I know I'm praying with her, really. And just that moment of openness, the smallest spark of belief that prayer is still worth the effort, even my effort in that moment, is a beginning. Now, she's not lost. She's just not home yet. Fear is a normal human reaction to the unexpected, the unimaginable. We can't help it. And we're never really in control of our words or our actions when we're afraid, really afraid, for the lives of those we love, afraid for our own lives. Faith isn't a normal human reaction to anything. We are programmed to fear but not to trust. Faith doesn't come from within us. It's beyond our control. Faith isn't magic, no matter what some preachers say. It's not about believing the right things, obeying the right commandments, repeating the right words, so all will be well and we'll never be afraid and we'll never see darkness again. No. And faith isn't a feeling. When we don't feel it, when all we feel is emptiness and darkness, we have not lost our faith, nor has God taken faith away from us. We're not lost. We're just not back home yet. One of the core truths of our Presbyterian tradition is that once our lives are in God's hands, God will never let us go. And there's nothing we could ever do. There is nothing that could happen around us or within us that can change that. When we turn to God, 
when we seek to follow Jesus and we are open to the Spirit's presence in our lives, then faith is possible. We know who we can trust. And even if we forget that for a while, even if we have good reason to question that, to doubt that, even when fear overtakes us, when darkness falls, God won't let us fall away. Peter hears that Jerusalem rooster crow, and darkness falls, and all is lost. But no, soon, another day will dawn, and Jesus will welcome Peter home. Amen.